Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and I don't suck, and neither does the Pipples podcast, but anyone who plays the Riders, they suck. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Let's go, Rider Nation. Here we go. This is the Piffles Podcast, your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. That was the Johnny McKegg Band. Thanks so much for joining us this week. My name is Alex. I'm Steve. I've been in Estevan for three days, and I'm starting a Facebook group. <laughs> Sources say that you're starting a Facebook group. You're I don't already, even know. You're already you're banned, Alex. Wow. That was, that was, yeah. I don't even, you want to go for coffee yeah, or something? Say, you want to go for a coffee? Yeah, and you want to beat me up? Cool. Awesome. Can't wait. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. Uh, you can give us a follow on Twitter, at PipplesPod. You can give me a follow, at RealAlexD. And I will take your pity follows, at Sapamod. And I do not want your pity follows, at Greg on Sports. This guy gets back from Miami, and he starts stealing your thunder. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Pipples on a car bed, doing all that fun stuff. <laughs> Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. We have oh so much to talk about this week, guys. Let's get to the opening kickoff. All right, before we talk Riders CFL, Steve, you're in Miami. You took a bye. You took the bye week to heart. You went on vacation. How was Miami? Seeing. Uh, the Vikings beat the Dolphins while oh. your team, the Packers, got smoked by the Jets. Giants. Giants. It, yeah. It's really funny because we flew out on Monday and uh, and Darren was on a flight to Minnesota. So there was a whole ton of Vikings fans and I was wearing a Packers shirt. So I definitely heard a few ribs, not just because the, they won, but losing to the Jets. Oh, but it's a lot easier to watch your team lose. Or, like, hear about them losing when you're sitting on a beach in South Beach, drinking a beer and, and staring off into the ocean. So, I got no complaints. I even got a little bit of a tan, or at least as much of a tan as my pasty IT skin can can manage. <laughs> I'm with you on the, uh, you can't beat me while I'm on vacation. I remember the Super Bowl when the Broncos got absolutely crushed by the Seahawks. That was the first day of a 14-day Caribbean cruise. I had some guy in a Tony Romo jersey trying to beak me the whole time. I'm like, dude, one, I'm on vacation. I don't really care. Two, you're wearing a Romo jersey. Okay. At least I know my team's making the playoffs. So I'm with you on that. Um, we took a bye week last week, and um, the Riders look like they're taking a bye week again this week with uh, news coming out. So let's start at the beginning of this week with the Riders. Everything's all hunky-dory, coming back from the bye, and it, I mean, it's not hunky-dory, I guess, but nothing bad happened last week Hamilton from the won. team, which well, Hamilton won, but like nothing bad happened, so that, that was almost a win in itself. Um, nothing bad happened so far. <laughs> Monday, there's no Cody Fajardo at practice, or sorry, Tuesday, first day of practice, there's no Cody Fajardo. Oh, okay. Mason Fine gets all the reps. 
find out. Oh, he's just taking a vet day. Okay. You have the biggest game of the year coming up in a must, pretty much a must win situation against the Calgary Stampeders, and your starting quarterback is taking a vet day after a bye week? After a bye week. What? I shake my head when I hear that. I'm like, okay. I'm not sure why you wouldn't want to get him all the reps possible. Um, but okay, maybe there's maybe there's something at home. I don't know. They have a him and his wife Laura have a have a new baby, so maybe there's something at home. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. And then day two of the practice week happens on uh, on Wednesday again. No, no Cody Fajardo. Oh, Mason Fine is going to start. Cody Fajardo was there, taking the backup reps. So we find Mason Fine is going to start. So let's start one with that decision before we get into the comments made by coach and quarterbacks. Um, Mason Fine starting. Is Craig Dickinson wants a spark? Says the only way to get, you know, that, that's how you get the offense to start. Doing something, give him a spark. You got to do that with the quarterback situation. Change the quarterback. Do you guys agree with this? A month ago, yes. Yeah, this is a month too late. The offense to get uh, with getting it going, that's fine. But why now? This is literally your your season is on the line here. If you even have any shot of making the playoffs all season, we've heard nothing that except for Cody gives us the best shot. Cody gives us the best shot. And then when you actually need a win, you're going with the backup? Makes no sense. Well, it's just it. You got, like you said, the biggest game of the year, and all of a sudden you're pinning all of your hopes on, on unfortunately, a guy who hasn't really shown a ton on the field. I mean, the one the one saving grace is Dave Dickinson was asked what he knows about Mason, Mason Fine. He basically said he's a professional quarterback, I guess. Like, there's no tape on the guy. Cool. But there's also no experience. No, I I don't know. It was a month ago. I would have thought it was a great idea. I, I light the, light the fire under the team, light the fire under Cody. Sure. But it's just, it's questionable at best. Now. I love that quote from Dave Dickinson. I know he plays for the Riders. I don't know a ton else. I've watched enough about him. I'm not going to give away what I think he is. What does Dave think he is? Clearly, it's not much. I know he's a professional quarterback. Okay. You clearly don't think much of Mason Fine if you're Dave Dickinson. That's how I read that comment. Oh, yeah. It was not a glowing review. That's, that's for sure. So, quarterback with little experience and no O-line in front of him. Dave Dickinson is excited for for Saturday. And he's five oh, he's... foot two. The only the only thing that might save Mason Fine, he's five foot two, and none of the year, none of their defensive linemen will be able to find him. Uh, so Craig Dickinson wants a spark at quarterback. And Cody Fajardo said it right when they when he talked about being the backup. The quarterback position is kind of that sacrificial lamb, so to speak, when it comes to sparking an offense. Because you can't just airlift an O-line in and have it, well, I mean, it, it might actually be better than the O-line the Riders have been playing with this year. Um, but you can't just start plugging in new DBs or new receivers, like Cody said. It is the quarterback that gets changed. So he, he's right in that effect. 
But to me, this is Craig Dickinson making a desperate ploy to keep his job for next year, especially over the bye week here. So many more people are calling for Craig Reynolds, Jeremy O'Day, Craig Dickinson, everybody on the coaching staff to get fired. Like that train is moving now. It's not just starting to chug along. It is almost full on going. This is a desperate man who's making a desperate ploy to try and keep a job for next year. And maybe he hits lightning in a bottle with Mason Fine in two games and they somehow sneak into the playoffs because Hamilton tanks. You you know it is bad when during the bye week the self-proclaimed voice of the riders at a Thunder fundraising dinner flat out asked Jeremy O'Day if he's scared for his job, if he's worried about getting fired. And he's making and he's basically doing pot shots at Craig Dickinson in front of Craig Reynolds sitting at a table like eight feet in front of him. Things are not good in Rider Nation right now. And when you have people openly questioning who's getting fired and they're talking from the top down, someone's going to be the sacrificial lamb. And I think Dickie realizes it's him. This entire organization is a mess right now. To have that kind of discussion and to be able to make those comments in front of other people within the organization... Like, you never hear that kind of story out of Calgary. You never hear that kind of story uh, out under a Chris Jones-led regime. Like, they are they are just a mess, and they can't seem... And it's been a, a, a nonstop problem from day one. They can't seem to get out of their own way, whether it be on the field, in the front office, you know, anywhere. And I think I think this idea of, uh, of a cleaning, of a house cleaning is... Uh, more than necessary at this point. Okay, well, let's move to Cody Fajardo's comments. And with saying it without saying it, basically said his career as a rider is over. Um, saying that the book of Cody Fajardo, it's not over yet. Maybe that's the end of the chapter. And I hope someone else in the CFL will give me a shot. So... That's, uh, I mean, that's basically saying goodbye right there to me without actually saying it. That says that I'm clearly not in their plans going forward. And I'm going, I mean, he was, the question that was asked to him was, it's a contract year for you. Uh, taking a bench and going to next, you know, these final two games, how does that take you into next year? And I mean, obviously he's frustrated, wants to play like any professional does. Um, but to basically go and say, well, my rider career is over with a couple of games left, which they still, I mean, could make the playoffs. Is just that it's wild to me. And it's, it's, I mean, we've talked about Cody Fajardo being open and honest and how we can appreciate that, but it's almost too honest to a fault. And I don't know if that's just another distraction to the team this week. Uh, okay. As Cody Fajardo is, this is the last time we're going to see him at, at Mosaic stadium in green. Um, very possibly. Um, what do you guys take of Cody Fajardo's comments about this whole thing? On, honestly, if I'm Craig Dickinson right now, I don't even dress him for Saturday. If you've given up, and he's outright saying his career in Saskatchewan is done and he's given up, 
I don't even put him anywhere near the field. If that's your cell, your your leader, your your QB one should be the guy you go to for motivation, not for depressing quotes like that. I honestly, I we we've heard him make these comments time and time again, and we've questioned his mental fortitude at times. But this one, this one even has me shaking my head and ready to wash my hands or wipe my hands or wash my hands, whatever the quote is of. Uh, uh, of Cody Fajardo in Saskatchewan. He just, th- that's not what you say in that situation. He had the right idea saying he'll, he'd be the best damn backup quarterback. Great quote there. But to openly discuss leaving the team at the end of the year because you got benched for a game, because you can't score points see ya I'm done the way that quote should have went was I'm going to be the best damn backup and then when they asked him about what like his future plans I guess I guess we'll see what happens in the offseason end of story end of quote move on by now contemplating hoping another team will take you all it does is just add further gas to this fire that you don't need so yeah he's he's you can complain about people being rough on him and uh, fans not wanting him here and media being over overbearing, but he's his own worst enemy when he says stuff like that, unfortunately. And don't get me wrong, I, I complain about players always giving the cookie-cutter quotes, but this is the type of situation where the cookie-cutter quote will get you out of a lot more trouble than this will. He needs um, Crash Davis to teach him a little bit of PR here. Giving the little Bull Durham reference there, just you're going to give it a hundred percent all the time, you know, pucks in deep, all that kind of stuff. It's just, yeah, this is this is the time to be clean, cliche and just let it go. What's weird about this whole thing is that in those comments that Fajardo said um, said about his benching is it's not performance based. Coach made sure to tell me he was adamant. This is not about performance based. Well, then what is it? It's got to be. And then Craig Dickinson goes and says, we need to score more points, which tells me that's performance-based. Craig is also someone who needs some media training, and I've said this before. He sticks both feet in his own mouth. He is a professional contortionist at this point. Because he... He'll say one thing to... And then go on a live mic to the media and say another thing. Like, this is back when Shaq Cooper called him out uh, on social media the same thing like craig is so bad at this and at some point the media person needs to pull him aside and going hey just shut up that that pulling aside should have happened months ago because it's this is not the first time we've had issues with either craig dickinson or or cody fajardo and what they've said publicly this year that's just another example of this team being unable to get out of their own way So we'll talk about uh, that upcoming game against Calgary a little bit later on. Uh, one other thing in the opening kickoff here, uh, I want to get to Rob Banstone's column. Um, he's saying that the Riders should give Jeremy O'Day and Craig Dickinson a second chance next year. Now, their contracts, are, they have one more year on their contracts, I believe. 2023 is what they're locked up through. Yeah, they're, um, both, they're both locked up at the same time. 
And it's, you have to, and, and Rob's argument is you have to look at the whole body of work that they've had together. And they've gone to two West finals, one of them at home, a first place finish. And then this season where they started four and one, and then it all just went straight downhill after that. But you have to look at the whole body of work and their winning percentage is still very good when you look at that. Do you guys agree with Rob on that? Because generally speaking, I, I, I normally would. You take a look, and Rob mentioned this, you look at, you know, what Winnipeg did with Mike O'Shea and, and Kyle Walters. They weren't good the first few years. They had a terrible record and Mike O'Shea was on the hot seat. But they let them get through it and then they got better and better and better. And now they're looking at a three-peat right in the face here, um, which is almost unheard of in the CFL now. So that's what Rob's argument is. Do you guys, I don't want to say buy it, but are you buying that? Here's the problem. Winnipeg was terrible when they started. They, they inherited a terrible team and got progressively better. Even though they were still bad when they started, they've gotten better. We went from a first-place team to probably missing the playoffs this year. Unfortunately, someone's got to pay the consequences for that. We fired an offensive coordinator for not making the Grey Cup in 2019. And we've gotten progressively worse since then. So I don't know how... I think Craig's head's going to roll. I think you take O'Day into the lame duck year but I think you make a switch ahead coach. I don't see them firing both of them. Unless I, I someone magically pops in their lap. I, I agree with that 100%. He's half right. Um, at the beginning of this year, we looked at this roster on paper and said, this is a team that should compete for a Grey Cup. And, and looking at it even today, it's still a roster that should have competed for a Grey Cup. The one glaring issue is the one glaring issue we we knew would be a problem, and that was O-line. But we, we expected the return of Taryn Vaughn would help and everybody getting healthy. It was it was one of those situations where there was there was enough there that we felt confident going into the year. But it seems like coaching decision after coaching decision has has led the team astray. There's no discipline in that locker room. Almost all of the issues that you look at can be backtracked to Craig Dickinson's mismanagement. I I don't think you can risk giving him another year at the helm. I I think the I think the decision is pretty clear at this point. You you move on from him and and give O'Day one more shot. If you're a potential head coach applying for this job though, if let's assume that Dickinson does get fired, do you want to come in with a GM that only has one year? And then if that doesn't go so well, the GM just his contract just doesn't get renewed and then they have to bring in somebody else. And that GM's probably going to want to bring in his own head coach. So how desirable is a one year gig here? Like to and who the hell knows gonna your who your quarterback is gonna be next year? Like we all know who our quarterback quarterback's <laughs> gonna be next year. I don't think it's going to be Bo. Everyone think says it's going to be Bo Levi Mitchell. I don't think he's coming here. I really don't. For the chaos, it's happening. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Uh, as you could tell by the picture of me in a Bo jersey, I would love that. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I don't know how you can go forward with both O'Day and Dickinson. I think it's just you just 
start fresh. Um, people calling for Craig Reynolds, that ain't going to happen. No. As much as I might even be on that side, it's not happening. It's a great cup year. They're going to look at money. They're going to look at numbers. They made gonna money in a COVID season last year. Like, Yeah. He's, I mean, people are still spending money on merch and, and whatnot. They're going to turn a profit for, I mean, they said it was going to be how many years before they caught up to all the reserves that they had to use for missing the 2020 or the 2020 season. They've got that already. So you're not going to lose Craig Reynolds. I think what they need to do, though, is put someone between Reynolds and O'Day as kind of a liaison, kind of like your pinball, your whatever, someone flashy that will take the heat off of that for football ops. But I don't know what who the answer to that is. Ray Algar, put him out there. Yeah, someone in that him. someone in that uh, hoppy role that yep. looks like he's making decision, but he's just a glorified salesman, basically. Yep. Um. Yeah, that'll be an interesting off season, and we'll speculate all off season about what's going to happen there. Uh, that's the opening kickoff presented by Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty. Let's jump up to our Churchill Brewing Company odds and end zones. Take a look around the CFL a little bit here. And we know it's going to be Calgary and BC in the West Finals. So looks like it's probably going to be in BC. BC is going to get Nathan Rourke back. So all of a sudden, they have Nathan Rourke and Vernon Adams as their one-two punch going into the playoff run. That's not looking too bad for BC. They might actually put up a, a challenge against, uh, assuming that they get past Calgary, Winnipeg in the in the West final. I don't think Winnipeg is as much of a lock to win the West as everyone seems is. Calgary can play them tight. BC can play them tight. I it, like all it is is one game, and yeah, I think BC has just as good a shot as anyone to beat them. the The problem with the, with or the reason why Winnipeg has that where a lock to win it is they have that that ability to win games that they have no business winning. They they've been doing it all year long. Like they're not as good a team as they were in 2022 or in 2021, sorry, and definitely not as good as 2019, but they just keep finding ways to win. But Nathan Rourke coming back to BC at the right time is honestly the best chance, I think, out of any team left in the West to knock off uh, Winnipeg and end their terrible reign. All BC. I know is whatever happens, go whoever wins West semifinal. It'll be the one time I ever cheer for Winnipeg. Or sorry, if I ever cheer for for Calgary ever to win a game. BC beating Winnipeg will be my great cup. And that'd be a heck of a story if it was Nathan Rourke too coming back from injury and you have a Canadian quarterback starting in the Grey Cup. I'm here for that kind of drama. That that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. I, I know uh, the MOP award isn't voted on based on playoff performances, but if he comes back and, and walks through Winnipeg to get to the Grey Cup, give him the damn award. I don't care if he missed half the season, give it to him anyways. <laughs> you got the two nominees and then all of a sudden out of the blue they call Nathan Rourke. <laughs> Um, Zach Caleros getting a three-year extension with the Bombers, obviously with a raise and, and guaranteed money, uh, is really interesting. And, and this guy's 31-4 and four since he got traded to from Toronto to Winnipeg. So thanks a lot, Toronto, for, for that. That was great. We thought we'd get rid of him and 
everything would be great in the CFL. Wrong. Um, but Zach Claros, even a couple of years ago, said it makes no sense to sign more than a one-year deal because nothing's guaranteed. Now with the new CBA allowing uh, guaranteed player contracts, or at least a portion of it guaranteed, signs a three-year deal. He's in a great place. That's uh, really elevated his game from from what it was. And, I mean, to me, that's a no-brainer for both him and and the Bombers. So uh, three years of uh, Zach Caleros never losing. That's fun. Once a rider, always a rider. But uh, actually, I got to give Winnipeg social media a great, <laughs> great troll job. Great troll job, Winnipeg. That 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 was amazing. Starting off with a Rod Peterson quote, denounce that signing. Um, but it, it's a good fit for Winnipeg. He wasn't going to go anywhere. He's gonna he's going to retire as a bomber. He's going to go in their Ring of Honor and good good on them for uh, at least they're not going to boom during a cancer PSA. That'll never not be funny to me. Poor Matt Nichols. Oh man. Bad enough your team was getting crushed in the banjo ball that day by throwing pick sixes and having fumbles returned for touchdowns too, no less. And that happens. Oh, yeah, cancer guy. PSA and the amount of booing was amazing. <laughs> uh, are we going to finally get the Grey Cup halftime show announcement at this week's game? Has That's to be, possibly. right? 100%. Has to be. I have it on good authority that it's happening on Saturday. The source is the voice inside my head, but they they were right on the Derek Dennis sign, signing and the Zach Caleros trade. So, and your ties, don't forget the ties. Oh, so it's it's happening just before or either just before or just after halftime. They'll do a a Headley like announcement. We're we're a month out. Like they have to at some point. They've announced every pregame concert tailgate, every other country act they can come uh, come up with. They have to announce the uh, halftime by now. They're they're right on target for when they announced it last year. I've been saying this for a month and a half. They did it just barely a month out in Hamilton. They're they're doing it again this time. There's no reason to rush it. There's no there's no tickets left for the game. They need the name to sell out, or they need to sell out all the other crap that they're over overcharging before they get this big. Yeah. Uh, this big gray cup act in. We know it's going to be somebody big. That's what they're doing. That's what the CFL has been about for a while. Just the Arkells in Saskatoon on Friday. There we go. Yeah. Back to back Arkells. And you know they'll do it again in 2023 too in in Hamilton. Just make it the the, the Arkells. Are we going to get the Arkells three peat? As long as that's the only three peat the CFL sees anytime soon, I'm good for it. Oof. Yeah, it'll happen. It'll happen this weekend. They have to. I don't. I don't see how they can't announce it. So hopefully it's uh, something good. And I can't wait to hear about how nobody likes it on social media. I'm looking forward to that. See, I think I think what it is because there was all that huge rumor about Taylor Swift doing the halftime show for the NFL. I think I think the rumor is just a little bit off, and she's actually doing the the CFL halftime show. NFL wasn't big enough for her. She wanted to do something bigger. I'm for it. You know what's funny is people would complain about that too. Absolutely, yep. easily the biggest name in music. The like, there would be no bigger show you could get, and somebody would complain about it. Why isn't it just Moscow Luke? 
Bring on the dead south. Trooper. <laughs> Sheepdogs. Like, this isn't the CFL of 10 years ago. They're bringing in big names. Deal with it. Still holding out hope it's going to be Sean Mendez. Really hope it's going to be Sean Mendez. As long as it's not Nickelback. Although I also really think it'll be I think Nickelback. It be. New album. They're, it, they're gonna tour. They're doing all the media hits already across Canada. They're I mean, they're from Alberta, album so push. Close. But they yep. only did it ten years ago. I don't think the CFL would go back to an artist that quick. I don't know. I'm starting to think actually that it might be Shania Twain again. Ever since they started putting her Spotify commercials right before they come back to the panel uh, or to the games on TSN. It's had me thinking, I'm like, okay, they got rid of these uh, no-name country music artists that they're trying to push. Um, and the one guy who is a racist. Um, so they got rid of him. Morgan Waller, is that his name? Yeah, that's his name. That loser? Yeah, so they got rid of him and then this other guy that had that terrible song. Um, I can't even remember it. That's how great it was. Um and then it's just Shania. It's like, okay, all these old 90s songs, like, cool. Like, I'm all for pushing younger, new, smaller, you know, like, acts and everything. And, and let's give them a, a platform, which is great. But play some upbeat songs. None of these slow country ballads. Like, nobody cares. Nobody wants those when you're going to watch a football game. You know what I think they're going to do? They're going to they're gonna relive the two best halftime shows in recent memory and have Shania Twain come out and do a flip on a, a, on dog sled? a bunch of sled dogs. <laughs> I'd watch that. That'd be fun, actually. I don't care who it is. Just tell us who it is so we can get to the complaining about it. Every year. They could bring Elvis Presley back from the dead in his prime. With with Tupac and a bunch of others, and somehow people would still find ways to complain. I would love hologram Tupac. Can we do that? I'm in. Yeah. Well, hopefully they announce that at this week's game, and uh, let's talk about this week's game. Absolute must win for the Riders, even though the last game against Hamilton was pretty much an absolute must win. Um, Hamilton plays on Friday against. Ottawa, which they're likely going to win that. So that means that this game is a must win for the Riders. And it's weird to me that they're, we'll bring it back full circle, going to put in Mason Fine there. Why now and not a few games ago, which is when, if they were going to make a change, make a change then. This this is waving the white flag. Like they're just, they're giving up. They're basically saying, okay, well, Hamilton's not going to lose twice to to Ottawa. That's exactly what it is. This is, let's see what we got for next season. They know they're not bringing back Cody. So let's see what uh, Fines got. And we're probably going to see Dalagala the last game. And Cody Fajardo's time as a rider is done. They've given up on the season. That's all this is showing. They're done. It's not going to be pretty this weekend. Calgary's, uh, I think they're only a three-point favorite right now. So if you're uh, looking to make some money, yeah, because Ryder fans will bet on anything. That's why makes make some money on make some money on betting on the stamps. Jeez, um, Riders money, Riders betting lines make no sense. 
<laughs> ever, ever. They never make sense. Uh, Mason Fine's going to have uh, a new toy to play with. Jamal Morrow is uh, going to be back for this game for, I mean, the first quarter until Jason Moss completely forgets about all the running backs and refuses to use them for the rest of the rest of the game. Um, but Jamal Morrow back, so that's a good thing. I mean, the, it's great that we don't have to rely on Keenan LaFrance and Shaq Cooper for those first quarter carries. Jamal, Jamal Morrow looked good until he got hurt. I, I'm okay with it. Don't get me wrong. Jamal Morrow coming back now would be great if we were making the playoffs. But the chances of us not making the playoffs right now is probably more likely. So, unfortunately, it is what it is. And Anthony Lanier was uh, limited for the first time in a practice in, geez, forever. Yeah. The couple months here, obviously, with the with the concussion that he had, uh, if for miracle re- way that he can uh, clear protocol and, and get back on the field, that defense all of a sudden looks a heck of a lot better to me now than it has the last couple months. And it's a defense that's played fairly well, even during this this bad two and nine uh, little streak that they're on. Um They've underachieved for sure overall compared to especially how they started the season. But getting him back in the middle, and he's a guy who can play on the outside as well on that D-line, would be absolutely huge. And going against a guy like Kadeem Carey, who's leading the league in rushing and is an absolute beast, that would be a big win for this Riders defense, getting him back. All the talk for the last two months since our defense, since we couldn't put a win together has been about how we shouldn't have cut Garrett Marino because our defense hasn't looked great in the trenches since, but it's been Anthony Lanier missing. That has been the difference. He was still top five in quarterback pressures as of a couple weeks ago, despite missing almost two months of football. He was making Pete Robertson look like a most outstanding defensive player candidate until he got hurt. He is the key to that defensive line. And if he can come back, I I move our chances of making the playoffs from zero to like 0.5. But that's a big jump. I hope I hope he's healthy. And if if he's not at a hundred percent, don't put him out there. Obviously, this was a major, major issue. Rest him up because he's a guy you want healthy for 2023 and beyond. You're right, that defensive line didn't look right after he was gone, which happened to coincide with Marino got shown the door too. So uh and the nice thing is he can play both tackle and defensive end. Like they were rotating him and on both side uh, on both positions all the time. Like dude's a beast. And yeah, you want him for next year. If if you actually think if you're actually waving the white flag, I wouldn't rush him out there. And that brings me to my next question is uh, Mason Fine making a start. So you're obviously making a change there. Um, is there any other changes that you guys would do in these, I mean, last couple games, but like this one for sure, would you start potentially playing some backups a little bit more, maybe in the second half of this game, um, even though you can still win twice and and still back into the playoffs somehow? I don't. I because, don't think you make those changes until 
you're officially eliminated. The the change of quarterback, you can at least pinpoint that and say, well, we're not scoring points. But you still want your best guys out there to see what Mason Fine can do. You want to you want to get your best players out there to give you that chance to make the playoffs. Once that option is eliminated, then you can start. You know, if obviously that would mean the last game of the year because if Hamilton wins on Friday, you know that last game of the year might not matter. But that's that's when I do it. I don't do it this week. This week, I think you play as many of your number ones as are healthy. And you still play for that win because with the Grey Cup at home, even coming in through the East, you got to try for it as long as it's on the table. All right. Well, let's uh, get to our pickums for this week. Um, the first game of the of the week is is big for for Ryder fans here. It's Ottawa at Hamilton. Even though he's got me blocked, Bobby Dice, give me a win. Ottawa looked good last week. I I think they look good under Bobby Dice. I think they've got that. I don't know what you je ne sais quoi or whatever you want to call it. They they seem to be a better team now than they were even a month ago, and their season's on the line. I I have Hamilton winning. Or sorry, I have Ottawa winning. <laughs> this way, you can we can you can replay and say you got it right either way. Right there we go. Here you go. The, yep. the, the, the je ne sais quoi checkers. Is. I'm out here playing chess. Jeez, all that uh, staying in Florida is rubbing off on you there. Um, <laughs> Ottawa, yeah. I, I kind of like French and there's je ne sais quoi. Yeah, yeah. Flip flopping and just throwing stuff at a wall, hoping it sticks. Yeah, people in uh, people in Florida that do podcasts and such, they uh, they do that quite well there. Um, I really like. Ottawa's chances in this. I really do. Although Dane Evans has played really well um, the last couple games. Ugh. I think Hamilton does win it, and that pretty much solidifies their uh, their playoff spot. Um, BC at Edmonton. I think we're all going to be on BC here because it's an Edmonton home game and they never win at home. Oh, that that the look on their faces when they blew that game. Uh, if I could bottle that, I could sell it. It was so <laughs> But yeah, BC's going to absolutely put their foot in their throats. That that team is pursed at this point. If they would just go ahead and change their name back to... No, that's... Terry? Terry, Terry Jones. Is that you, Terry? Terry. <laughs> Let, let's go with a real reason. No, that team, that team is cursed. They just can't... They can't buy a win. And no, it has nothing to do with the name change. They're just a terrible football team. I, I can't see that until they prove me wrong. I will never pick them to win at home. This is going to be three years. My my youngest child has never seen Edmonton win at home. It's we should we should actually take bets on how old your kid's going to be by the time Edmonton actually wins the home game. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be alive to cash in on that one. <laughs> um, game of the week. Toronto at Montreal. This uh, they they play each other twice back to back to finish the the season here. And if Montreal wins both, they get first place and the bye, um, and win the East. So this is massive. No, Danny. No, um, you just can't pick them. I can't. I can't do it. It's got to be Toronto. 
I think Montreal wins this. I think because I want that drama of the last game of the year, um, Montreal at Toronto to mean first place. I think Montreal is going to put on a good show and it's SJ Green uh, appreciation night there. They uh, officially signed him to a one day contract so he can retire as a, as a Alouette. Uh, so they're going to honor him on, on Saturday afternoon. Um, <laughs> I love this. So once this came out, there's a little sidebar before we all pick the Calgary Stampeders here. Um, <laughs> when they announced that they're doing the SJ Green thing, someone posted a picture and video, got that, remember that two-point convert catch? On, on Canada yeah. Day. Yeah, yeah, Canada Day against the Riders 2010. Um, fantastic catch where he may or may not have been out of bounds, um, out depending of bounds. on who depending on who you ask. <laughs> um, got a tattoo of it on his arm. Looks awesome. It, there's great nothing wrong with like, great, great tattoo. Yeah. I laugh, though, because imagine getting a two-point convert for a game, a regular season game that your team lost tattooed on your body. And... <sighs> like, there's, there's other things you could have done. Like I, I get it. This guy clearly loves SJ Green, loves the CFL, and good on him for doing it. Who am I to judge? As, as a moment in time, as a moment in time, great image. I have two signed copies of that picture. One will be going to the CFL fans fight cancer. Um, I'm keeping the personalized one, obviously. Um, no, give that one away. No, I, well, yeah. Two, who wants to Greg? If anyone wants to Greg, great job on my logo. Yeah, by all means. <laughs> if, if if that will if that will get more money for CFL fans fight cancer, I will gladly donate that one. I'll keep the other one. I don't care. <laughs> but as a moment in time, even as a writer fan, I'm like, that's an awesome picture. But yes, for as for us that know the entire story and the circumstances of that game and what happened and. Yeah, of course, it seems really stupid, but... I would have just got Glenn Johnson putting his hands on his head. Me, I'd get the butt fumble. <laughs> why Why you would ever get a tattoo of the greatest incompletion in CFL history, I'll, I'll never understand. Just strange. He was out of bounds. <laughs> um, but anyway, they're going to honor I, I will die people. on that hill longer than the pumpkin spice hill. Uh, and the final game, of course, Calgary at Saskatchewan. I would bet everything on Calgary. I'm waving the white flag. This the season's done. They we're going to next season already. The the Miami air has changed me. I I don't have it in me. A few weeks the Riders. A few Saskatchewan. A, a few weeks ago, I I tweeted that image of the of the that meme of me looking at the Janet Thunder player instead of the Saskatchewan Refair player. And I, I stand by that. I'm in, I'm in full-blown Thunder season right now because I don't trust the Riders to do anything right now. I'm really cur- curious about this crowd coming up for this game. Um, I think part of it will depend on the result of Hamilton-Ottawa the night before on Friday night. If Hamilton wins, then I think more people would be checked out. But over the last couple of weeks, people have really, really checked out of the riders here in in Regina specifically. It's supposed to rain too. So if it's raining and it's cold, oh, it's going to be worse. Yeah. In a in a must win game with your backup quarterback, um the way that the season's gone, going two and nine in your last eleven games with no improvement whatsoever. 
things getting worse and worse and worse. I'm really curious to see how the crowd reacts to this. Like, is it just going to be a really lethargic crowd that just is there because they already paid money for it? Or are people actually going to be amped up for this and be like, yes, we need this win. So we got to back the team. Like, I'm really curious how people are, are treating this. So I think it's going to be a lot more of column A and a lot less of the back the team column B situation. If that stadium is half filled, I'll be surprised. Well, we will talk about that game next week here on the Piffles podcast. Um, I think that's if you it. want to watch play a football, Regina Thunder, Libel Field, one o'clock on Sunday, Winnipeg Rifles are in town. The Rifles played them pretty close the first uh, game, didn't they? Uh, both games, actually. The game here and the game in Winnipeg uh, were both uh, super tight. Uh, unfortunately, Winnipeg lost their quarterback in a meaningless oh. game last week. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, the the Rifles couldn't advance any further, but they lost two in a row. So their coach, wanting to get momentum, left his starters out a little too late. And no. uh, a Wildcat oh, no. uh, defensive lineman came in unblocked. And, uh, yeah, he's out for the remainder of the year. Oh, no. So I'm not, I'm not saying it's guaranteed win night, but uh, the Thunder looked really good this week. So what you're saying is we should be getting free whoppers. Yes. Should really bring that back. They never won on those games, but still, they should bring that back. Be the safest bet in the house right now. But do it do it for blizzards. Do it for blizzards instead. Exactly. Because people actually like those. All right. Well, Piffles Podcast is brought to you by our great friends at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Purely coincidentally as we talk about blizzards. Uh, special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage with John Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support making this show possible. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you, Kurt Angle, for kicking off the show. Thank you, Greg, for always laughing when I thank Kurt Angle. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, enjoy the game this weekend. Hopefully it's at least a close one. Anyway, Piffles Podcast is a proud member of the CFPN, the Canadian Football Podcast Network. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind by Tyler Gilbert. And it's hard to watch the riders in the cold October rain. The cold's behind your mind.